0: Welcome to another episode of Chapter Tactics. This is the Warhammer 40k podcast, which focuses on playing competitive 40k at all levels of the game. I am your host, Mr. Petey Pob, and with me I have three regular co-hosts. If you're new to the podcast, they're on all the time. They always bring their A-games. have got Mr. Val. M- Mr. F- Val? 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 Val yeah,
1: Tizai, Tizai, good to be back. Not 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 so regular these days, but very happy to be here, my friend.
0: Uh the one the only Dark Archon Scarry. Dark Archon or oh Light Archon.
2: Because I can be evil and good.
1: Medium at roast the same Archon.
2: Time. Ooh, medium
0: <laughs> roast. Delicious. The sour patch kids of the Archon community. Ah <laughs> now stab you all. <laughs> and then finally the total war champion to be, future total war champion Brandon Grant.
3: Oh, way to spoil the episode, Bobby! <laughs> all right, let's let's uh, get started then.
0: All right, so today's episode is going to be a little different. I'm sure you've already read it in the title, but just a brief explanation, like a crisp two hours, 120 <laughs> minutes, ladies and gentlemen. It'll be and it'll it's be all absolutely going to great.
2: be about Dawn of War three.
0: Wait, <laughs> so. Uh, it'll. It's actually going to be about uh, video games. So, we are all nerds of various flavors and shapes and sizes. Uh, mm. But one thing I have seen consistently across the entire 40k nerddom is a love of games. A love of gaming in general. And that includes our electronic perfect video games. The ones that you can't make mistakes on. Unlike a game of 40k where everyone cheats according to Salt John. So... We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about video games. We're going to keep it 40k focused. However, there is one game that Val and I, and Brandon, and maybe Scary, all want to talk about that isn't 40k based. And that uh, is
1: basically none in- of my games are 40k fo- focused, so uh, I'll, I'll oh, definitely okay. well, have fair. to contradict you there.
0: So we're gonna we're gonna slide the 40k bit of the chapter tactics title under the rug. And just talk about video games in general. We'll talk tactics, what we like playing, what we think you all should be playing while you're practicing your isolation and your social distancing, and that all of course we'll throw in some 40k light tactics. Uh, we've got Mr. Brandon Grant on the episode and he actually plays actual 40k online, which is in the form of Tabletop Simulator, so we might pick his brain a little bit there too. But first, before we jump into all of that, so quick announcements. First, sign over. head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash chapter tactics, help support the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, this month there will not be a giveaway. Uh, GW, the basically the GW warehouse, if you haven't heard, they closed their warehouses and uh, we're unable to get GW product, so I can't get anything new and exciting. Um, and instead, I'm going to save it all and have a big end of the COVID, whenever that happens, uh, giveaway. When all that get when all that happens, so we'll see. I'm gonna save up the patron money, think of something really amazing to give you guys uh, to raffle off, or maybe something for all the patrons. I don't know. I've got some stuff in the works, uh, but nothing for this month. So, also another announcement: uh, Games Workshop is actually. Uh, announced that they're going to be taking a single pre-order for all of the retail stores. Now, this is a pretty big deal, um, not to get too much into detail and talk business and shop, uh, but essentially, because they shut down their warehouses, uh, all of the local gaming stores, all of the, the Meeple Markets and, and Element Games, all the stores that sell their product uh, that need to sell their product to thrive, including us at Frontline Gaming, uh, we're we're we are definitely hurting uh we you know we've lost one of our main sources of income in um gw retailing uh, and so this is kind of a big deal uh we're able to we're all able to kind of put together one pre-order and so if you want to purchase gw stuff and it, and have it ordered and ready to go as soon as gw's warehouse comes in go to frontlinegaming.org buy gw stuff from us we unfortunately don't have any more in stock it's all gone but as soon as gw opens up their warehouse We'll send that pre-order along over. It'll be automatically fulfilled and then shipped to us and we'll get it out to you as soon as we can. So uh, check that out. And then finally, check out the Frontline Gaming Network. That brought you everything because the Frontline Gaming Network is life. That's all. All right. So today's episode, we're going to start off with the kind of get to know you topic uh how about uh, just round table tell us a little about tell everyone a little bit about what kind of warhammer game video games you've played what are some of your favorites uh just just kind of give us a history of who you are as a video gamer Uh, and we're going to start this off with mr val
1: oh sweet um so i guess if anyone's heard my origin story on various podcasts uh it started with uh losing my mind playing video games and essentially, as soon as I uh, started playing 40K again in 2015-ish, I literally did not play a game again, um, pretty much right up until COVID-19 happened. And the only thing I stocked up on was a gaming laptop. And uh, and I've grabbed that, so I've been... Um, I guess before that, I just felt like I was really pot-committed to 40K. So if I had any spare time, it was either podcasting, talking about it, maybe painting something or playing or whatever. So um, not being able to do that, I can still... Uh, do some fun stuff in the uh, Games Workshop universe of of stuff and IP, uh, but I get to do it on my computer now, um, which is great. I've been playing a lot of uh, Blood Bowl two. Playing uh, recently, grabbed uh, Total War Warhammer and Warhammer two. I was a huge Total War fan back in the day. Played a lot of Empire Total War, uh, Rome two, um, Shogun two, Fall of the Samurai, which was. Incredible so amazing uh, and the original Warhammer came out just as I was like I'm, I'm gonna play tabletop It's like I bought a bunch of stuff, and then I saw the Total War announcement. I was like well son of a. Uh, I could have saved a lot of dollars, but I would have never met you guys had I just played Total War instead
0: Yeah, I think there's a, a an Ex-wife in all of our hobby closets a game that we could have gone down the road of the rabbit hole but we chose this particular spiky, skull-filled rabbit hole instead to go down. That's right. And that led us all here. All right. Uh, Brandon, tell us a little bit about your video gaming background.
3: Um, well, probably the first big game that I got into was World of Warcraft, actually. And uh, that was back in uh, Vanilla was when I was playing. So I played from Vanilla to uh, Burning Crusade to the end of wrath of the lich king and then i stopped playing as soon as the last expansion cataclysm before i quit um in about 2005 no 2010 so it was like a 2005 2010 kind of run and did mostly pve very competitively um shout out to my guildmates if anyone still plays 40k from there it was the um road runners of kill Jaden server anyway 40k games the other 40k games that got me through were the dawn of war series the original ones uh not dawn of war 2 or dawn of war 3 didn't touch those and then later i got into space marine played that pretty competitively um great game even now if you haven't played space marine you, go play space marine you mentioned um, this in the
1: pre-chat i can't wait i want to hear a little bit i don't know if now is appropriate or maybe later but i want to know what competitive space marine is or was
3: like um if you're familiar with the game, I had a build with um, tactical marines with a vengeance launcher and my two bonus traits were combat stims instead of grenades um, and mastercrafted for melee. So what you would do is some dude with a thunder hammer would jump on you and you'd stim yourself, which makes you not die in one hit to a thunderhammer. And then, because of your upgrades, you could dash charge them, which only takes a fraction of a second when they're on you, and it will kill them in one hit.
1: But I, ju- I just mean, like, how big was Whoa. like how how big was the community when it was like was there a lot of people playing like pretty pretty harsh it was space marine never, multiplayer?
3: It was never a super mainstream game, but you know, probably ten thousand plus active players at one time That's well.
0: I'm I'm still I'm still caught up on the fact of competitive space marine. I didn't know this was actually a thing.
3: No, not like tournaments and shit, but just being with uh, yeah, uh, yeah. a guild or um, what have you and playing with a team. Yeah, mm, all right. And we'd have like team-on-team matches, too. It was great. Um, but regardless, um, after that, I don't know. I'm all over the place with 40K. The la- latest ones I was playing were uh, the Death Watch series of games, Death Watch Space Hulk Um, And also some Sanctus Reach, which is just kind of a, uh, I don't know. So the Death Watch one is a first-person shooter. Um, Pretty good single-player campaign when it's not super glitchy. Um, Didn't even try the multiplayer version. And then Sanctus Reach is a turn-based, tile-based game where you move space wolves around and slaughter some orcs in a campaign. So it's not bad. Oh, and also uh, Gladius Relics of War. That was entertaining for a few hours. Um, It's another one of those... It's a turn-based game, uh, hex-based, and uh, you build your city up and then you send units out on the map. Uh, I think they did the Imperial Guard justice in that game.
0: Okay. Uh, And then finally, uh, Skari, where, where did you find your video gaming roots?
2: A long, long time ago... When I was just a lad, I joined Computer Lab, and we played a lot of StarCraft. Mm. (laughs) And I went to a private school with a lot of Koreans, and we (laughs) played a lot. It was like the only thing we played. So I got relatively okay at StarCraft. I never went professional or anything, but uh, let's just say I really enjoyed Starcraft. That was like the game for me. Um, uh, but you know, I also played games like Homeworld, I was and Age of Empires and, you know, things like that. So I was always into RTSs mainly. Um even this old Warhammer forty thousand game, which was called Rights of War, which uh came out in like nineteen ninety nine. Uh look it up. It's like this old, old game <laughs> back in the day. And uh, from there, I ended up uh, playing the tabletop game, like Warhammer itself, and that really sort of consumed me more than computer games a lot of the time until Dawn of War came out, and then Dawn of War was like the thing I played until we learned about Rome Total War, and then we played Rome Total War forever. And uh, I haven't really been playing a lot of video games, but now that... Isolation is here. I've re-downloaded a lot of the games, so Medieval 2 Total Wars are my favorites that I've been playing a lot. Um, Civilization is just a really fun game that I enjoy. And of course, I had to re-download Dawn of War. And we've gone together and played online with a couple of friends and just kind of relearning all my build orders and stuff like that. So let's just say that has been super fun. So. That's what I've been doing right now. Those games just—it's funny how they've been so long, but they just age really well. Like some of those games, you just play them again. You're like, yeah, this game is still fun and engaging and as entertaining as it was, you know, ten years ago or fifteen years ago, or whatever.
0: Yeah, and uh, I've actually that, that that brings up a good point um, that I wanted to make a little later. That I guess I could just make now is that the IP for Warhammer is very has been around for a very long time. It's been around for for decades. Reese was telling me about a game he played uh, back in the early '90s called um, uh, Final Liberation. I think. I think. Yeah, that was Uh, like an an apocalypse game. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Sorry, um, Epic epic game. Sorry, Epic. epic, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and (laughs) he showed me the intro to that game, and it's very much like a '90s intro with like an electronic pop. Like epic music playing in the background, and you've got like the old gritty commissars shouting orders among like backdrops of action. <laughs> it's it's very very nineties. If you if you if you want, just go to YouTube real quick, check it out. It is is definitely a laugh. Um, however, uh, yeah, there's just been around forever. There's so much history in in Warhammer games um, that it's really no surprise now that you hear people who don't have never heard of the tabletop game but who love the ip like that happens all the time with me they're like oh you read warhammer you play warhammer that's so cool i've read like or i played space marine once or something back in the day uh so yeah i mean speaking of playing oh good though i was just
1: gonna say coming back into the game because you know i started i think probably what got me into games workshop was like either it was a friend playing but also like going by the actual retail store but when i started playing again back in 2015 i was like I kind of missed the Dawn of War stuff. Like I never played it on computer or did any any of that stuff. And it brought so many people into the actual tabletop game. I'm sure the conversion rate's super low in the grand scheme of things, but a lot of people, like their first Games Workshop experience for 40k was Dawn of War. <clears throat> and I think you're probably I wouldn't be surprised if the total the success of Total War is why uh you might be seeing uh, Games Workshop rebooting the old Warhammer Fantasy battles. Is because yeah, uh, for sure. you know, oh, like yeah. literally like ten minutes after 10 minutes after they, you know, nuke that whole game system, um, they had one of the most popular uh, strategy games just out there um, in Total War, Warhammer.
0: And it was good, and people flocked to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, um, just my. Gaming history, real quick. Uh, I started playing StarCraft as an RTS. Uh, it was an RTS guy. Played a lot of RTSs with my buddies growing up, and then I evolved into first-person shooters, which I was super obsessed with. Uh, Halo, call, early Call of Duty. Um, I tried to go quote-unquote pro. Um, uh, that, that's right. I was one of those like 360 no scoping Noob Tube slap chop pros quote-unquote mm-hmm. uh, with sensitivity on max. But the reason why that I bring that up is that actually got me into Space Marine. And so I started oh. playing 40k Space Marine at the same time I found 40k cuz I'd always been obsessed with StarCraft and basically uh my friend said like oh I I know you like Space Marine and um I'm sorry that like it wasn't it wasn't a good cuz it didn't have a large community so I get into it like as a as, cuz I came from like Halo a Halo background but um they have this game called Dawn of War and they have a whole world. And so I went to the local gaming store, saw blue space Marines, very reminiscent of Rainer's Marines from the very first StarCraft mission, immediately fell in love. And that's how I actually got into 40K was my love of gaming, of, of StarCraft and Space Marine and FPSs and stuff. Um, now I just played League of Legends. That's probably the primary video game I play. Um, and then in terms of 40K games, uh, I'm one of those horrible, horrible noobs who just play Warhammer app games because i love them so much so like uh oh, wow. freeblade yeah freeblade uh the heresies legions the card game the 40k card game as well uh, i've got uh, uh death hulk or space hulk downloaded on my ipad played that a couple times um it, yep that's that's if i say 40k actually talk about talk spa- about space hulk
2: the one of the original ip games for like pc was uh like an old space hulk game yeah which you can still it was like done on like flash or whatever like it's <laughs> super like old i remember it's still, it basically is the tabletop game
1: i remember that on shelves like i remember walking like browsing past that as a kid like numerous times but at the time i had no idea what it
0: was yeah warmer's really been around a long time um and it's kind of cool seeing them revive these old games. Like I, I'm kind of sick of the board game revivals, like the uh, the bringing back like Necromunda and stuff like that. It was never Mordheim or whatever the Warhammer Age of Sigmar version of Mordheim is. Um, not a big fan of those, but the video game revivals of those games, like Blood Bowl Two, uh, Total War, bringing back the fantasy universe, uh, Space Hulk, um, Death Watch, things like that. Like kind of make me really excited. That's why i got excited when dawn of war 3 came out um and so i i kind of want to talk about uh, transition talk about i know hold, talk on, about, hold uh, on i've got
1: i've got i've got something i think uh, uh okay. this one
3: uh. <laughs> it's oh perfect oh, thank
0: man. you soundboard uh. i i i really i really really wish jeff were here because he was he was in on that ride ...from the get-go when Dawn of War 3 came out. He, he rode that hype train, did the full playtesting, uh, exclusive streaming. And if you want, you can go check out his Twitch his Twitch channel in Control TV... Um, ...where you can watch some of those old Dawn of War 3 streams that he has. Uh, I'm sure they're still up. Uh, it's a legacy channel now, so they're they're all free to watch. But I was so hyped when it came out. And I've never seen a video game die so quickly um other than a oh, 40k video game 40k video games specifically die so quickly other than the like shitty app games that came out and you've never even heard of them they're so bad um but why do you think we haven't seen a good a really good uh warhammer 40k video game come out because we have total war we have these good fantasy games um but we don't have anything like space marine i think Talking to, anecdotally, Space Marine has always been the 40k game that I, I've heard the most people play, talk about, and that came, came out more than 10 years ago on the Xbox 360, right? So, why do you think it's so hard for GW to put out a good 40k game, when it's, it's clearly their most popular IP? So, I wanted to kind of throw that question out to the panelists here, and get your kind of amateur thoughts
3: Um, I do think there are good 40k games out there and I think there are some recent ones that have been rave reviewed such as Mechanicus which I haven't been able to play or wanted to yet Um, mostly because even playing Total War 2 was a bit like okay this is a dive off the deep end for a while Um, so I'm careful about which games I select but I think part of the problem is that um, Games Workshop has also licensed their IP to a lot of companies and most video games are terrible like uh, go into the Steam store sometime or look at your old collection of Xbox games that you're not playing anymore and realize (laughs) holy cow like 80% of the games that come out you wouldn't even buy and then 80% of the ones you do buy you later kind of are like well that was just fine I'll never play that again so these blockbuster style games that just sweep up lots of people because they're so great they don't come that often um, in any genre Because otherwise, I'd say that the 40K uh, lore in particular is so varied and so forgiving in terms of the setting, in terms of, oh, you want to create a game set at the individual level or the whole galaxy? Sure, anything. Oh, you want your setting to be grimdark? Perfect. Oh, you want it to be a bit more lighthearted? Well, there's also orcs, you know. Um, So whatever style of game as long as it's set in the 40k universe you can make it so i don't think anything on the ip side is holding people back from creating good games um it's more or less just finding a developer who can make really really good games that's willing to use gwip to do their game so basically you need a game developer who's also 40k nerds all
1: right of which which there are a lot of them um but i think one thing i would throw in there and this is where we're super guessing because it it, all this stuff is a complete black box but i mean starting actually kind of around the exact same time as you had the the round tree um for kirby sort of change at ceo there was also a big change in how they managed their ip uh, specifically, in how they licensed out for for video games and even you know third-party products and all kinds of stuff. It really got opened up, but at the same time, they seem to be um, much more specific with their licenses. So you know you won't you know Donna and uh, uh, so anything 40k related. I suspect and maybe I'm wrong, but maybe the asking price to do a game that has so many elements in it that it would be something analogous to the tabletop or what they did with Total War. Uh, Warhammer and Warhammer uh, Two might, might just be prohibitively expensive, <laughs> or uh, could also step on the toes of other pieces uh, and licenses that they have already parceled out. So you get into sort of like a Marvel Universe situation where um, different different companies own different pieces of of all the IP. But I have no idea. Uh, but that sure that sure looks like what is what's happening. So you're getting very specific titles, which are very cool, and I think you and you're sort of seeing the most amount of um, like scale and freedom in the what looked to me to be the cheaper licenses. So you know you get like Armada, uh, which is uh, Battlefleet Gothic. You got Blood Bowl 2, which is identical to the tabletop game. It's one for one. Uh, Underworlds, uh, which one we haven't mentioned yet, is an identical uh, port of the tabletop um, Warhammer Underworlds, Shadespire, all that kind of stuff, which is I think super cool. Um, I have I own it. I haven't played it. And then Total War, like we mentioned, like that was probably a steal for Sega when they bought it, because it was at the time the GW's like most underperforming asset. Um, and uh, you know, they were probably happy to get anything to do do something with that license. Uh, and to turn into three really big blockbusters for Creative Assembly and Sega. So I don't know. I think it's it's probably somewhere in there and just sort of the nitty gritty details as to why you kind of get these hit and miss games. But I have to say, like when I was thinking about this, when we were sort of generating ideas for this, there are a ton of games that are super good, um, you know, over the full course. And even recently, uh, like you're saying, both on mobile, uh, PC, I don't know how much is made to console, but certainly PC, there seems to be some really, really quality titles.
0: Mechanicus has a console version. I actually don't know much about Mechanicus, um, other than the very few people I've heard have played it who, who rave about it, but I, I don't know much about it, unfortunately. So if you go to the
2: wiki um, for a list of 40k games, there are, there's actually a list, a giant list of all the games for Warhammer Fantasy, Age of Sigmar, 40k, um, and other G- Games Workshop titles that they've sort of like made. Um, uh, over, all right sorry why don't you rattle
0: those off for us <sighs>
2: okay um space <laughs> crusade okay space hulk sp- <laughs> vengeance final liberation all the space chaos ones. <laughs> gate Rights of war fire warrior which actually was really fun back oh. in the day don't war, war. winter assault uh space hulk anyway oh. i'm not gonna rattle them off. <laughs> but they're, they're what you know and i i actually what val was saying huge props to like for example thq isn't around anymore but they when they made donor war they invested money and effort in that like if you go and watch the the starting sequence for donor war yeah where the dreadnought comes out of the freaking thing the movie like, is legendary it is like i remember being you know 16 years old and watching that and freaking like like being like this is amazing this is the best thing ever and i watched it again recently since I downloaded uh, Dawn a War again. And that movie, 15 years later, like, still holds up. It's, sorry, more than 15 years later, it's technically uh, 16 years. That mm-hmm. still holds up, like, in terms of quality and everything. It's like, if only every game was at that standard. Anyway, just saying. Just saying.
0: Yeah, uh, that was actually... Uh you know really like like that was like for RTSs that was like a golden era that i i still personally think that we haven't actually hit the RTS genre because, you know you had so many good RTSs coming out and dominating the market around that time mm-hmm. so Dawn of War definitely capitalized was definitely the same starcraft you know command and conquer conquer kind of mold um uh style of gameplay but yeah it was it was very very cool um, well
3: we haven't even talked about battlefleet gothic yet
0: Okay, Mm -hmm. well, well, why why don't you talk about Battlefleet Gothic?
3: Well, it is a real-time strategy game, but you don't build a base. You just move your ships around. And there is a campaign, so you actually do build, you know... It it reminds me a bit of Endless Space in that sense. You're controlling nodes on the map, if anyone's played Endless Space. Anyway. um, Oh, um, Homeworld.
2: Homeworld was a fun one, but that was about, like, you know, getting resources and building stuff.
3: But I I guess it's a pseudo-real-time strategy because you're moving your ships around in real time. And there is a mechanic, even in multiplayer, where you can slow down the game for short periods of time if you want to line up a torpedo shot or use your activated ability just in time. Um, but it was actually a really fun RTS game. Um, so if you're talking about an RTS that's successful since the Dawn of War franchise in 40K, I think it'd have to be Battlefleet Gothic.
0: Mm-hmm. You yeah, last year. Yeah, the, uh, Arma- you're talking about the, Armada. Two, right? the two, yeah, yeah, Armada.
3: Yeah, the second yeah. one was even better. It was great.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear. So I remember when the first one came out, uh, because that was one of the first um, when I started working for Frontline Gamings. That was one of the first like people I talked to who reached out to us to like to like play the game. Um, not like before they were they were it already come out, but they were like, "Hey, play this game and write about it on the blog." And um, I don't I don't actually remember what happened with, with that whole thing, but I remember it not being very good. I remember um, talking to some people. Um, so, I, when 2 came out, I was I kind of just shelved it, which actually happens, I, I think, for a lot of games. Um, like, I imagine Dawn of War 4, when that comes out, if it looks anything like Dawn of War 3, uh, which definitely rode the hype of the original Dawn of War, um, which is why it was so popular coming out of the gate. Um, I think people would definitely, you know, ignore them. So, I don't know. Well, um, it's nice to say that Armada 2 is, is actually pretty good.
1: It looks, I don't know, yeah. like I've never played it, but it looks beautiful. Like It, it looks it just, great.
3: Yeah. It's definitely some sparkly explosions while your spaceships are blowing up, yeah. and there's some good tactics to it. They did a good job of balancing uh, weapons that go through void shields versus weapons that ignore void shields versus weapons that are good against your armor once your shields are stripped, and you can build your fleet weapons and customize all your abilities, and yeah, you can get lost in that for a couple weeks if you really want to do the campaign. And then there's multiple campaigns, so you can play as all the races and do different campaigns, um, and there's a different storyline for each one. So, I don't know, if you liked the tabletop game, you'll probably like Battlefleet Gothic Armada, but it, I, I don't know, it'd be nice if you could just watch a YouTube video, and if it looks interesting, go after it. If it doesn't, don't play it, but yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for an RTS that scratches the 40k itch, go for it.
0: Right on. So I kind of want to segue that into uh, different type, genre of, of warhammer games, and that's the card game genre. So do the three of you have any experience with the warhammer card games beyond what you've seen?
3: No, I'm curious. The digital
0: ones. I have not. No. So so they're actually really good. Um, I I, I bit of a like a card trading card game or card game collector uh, i like to play a bunch of different even like like bad ones that no longer exist or i just like to buy a couple deck boxes and learn how to play the game and try it out um so i just love card games the the warhammer ones though all the ones i've played which which is like i think five they have all been really good the, there's like the Warhammer 40k one which is just the Warhammer 40k digital card game uh there's legions which is the Horus heresy based game it's very much hearthstone-esque uh, then you've got the uh, Age of Sigmar ones, with, like Underworld, which is actually really good. Um, maybe not for a card game or like a TCG because it's a living card game, but the models are pretty cool and it's it's really well balanced and um, it's just a good game. Uh, and then the Age of Sigmar, I don't know if you guys remember it, but there was an Age of Sigmar trading card game that came out and then it was also digital where you scanned the cards and then they added cards to your collection. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was when Age of Sigmar first came out.
3: No, I don't remember
0: ever trying it. That seems to be a dark age of my memory. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a dark age of a, a lot of people's memories. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but so far, every card game I've played with the Warhammer IP has been really solid. Uh, and I don't know that's that's just because I like card games, because I might be very biased, um, or because I like the IP. But, uh, it, you know, it's there's a formula in GW sticking to it, so if you... If you are a card game person and you like the Warhammer IP, um, both science fiction and fantasy varieties, I would check those out. those are actually pretty good.
1: I just wanted to uh, highlight a little bit of some of that stuff I was saying before, uh, because of that wiki that I went to about uh, all the list of games. I just took a look. 2015 is when Kevin Rowntree came in. Before 2015, there were 25 licensed 40K games. And since 2015, there've been 27 licensed 40K games. So in five years, they did what they had done in the previous 30 or so, 25 years.
2: Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, I do feel deal. that they, you know, not recently, yeah, they went through a phase of basically giving out their IP to like everyone, right? And and I did notice that, whereas before they seemed very stringent on who got to work with their IP, but then they went through a phase of giving it to everyone from mobile providers to consoles to, you know, uh, PC and all this stuff, like. And I guess they were just like, okay, well, let's just fill a shotgun with our IP and see what sticks.
0: So question for the panel. Do you do you all think that worked? Do you think that's good? Um, Do you think that maybe led to them creating this animated series now and this series Um, or, or do you think it hurt their IP? Or maybe it's too early to tell
1: oh i th- i would think that it's 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 only it's only good um because it's very like because their their core license and the, and their core audience is pretty niche um you know the more like impressions you can get of this idea of warhammer and you know even if it's just a picture of a cool space marine the more pictures of cool space marines you get in front of people who've never seen one before um, the more you're doing to just get that brand recognition, or like, hey, I've heard of the word Games Workshop. Hey, I've heard of the word Warhammer. Even if it's a crappy game, you scroll past in the in the App Store. You know, it's still it's it's advertising that people are paying you for. Um, on
3: top of that, if you see a hundred data points and five of them work and ninety five fail, well now you know what to pursue next time. So. It, they they can do things like, oh, let's try a card game, let's try a comic, let's try an RTS, let's try a turn-based game, and then whatever games seem to be working, they can make more of those.
0: Yeah, that that's very interesting. Um, I feel like this is this is probably an ep- a topic for another podcast, um, or certainly another episode, but IP management has got to be one of the most interesting things um, for me personally since I've gotten into this kind of world, mm-hmm. um, because... So many games handle them differently, right? Like, like Riot, for instance, is super stingy with their IP. Uh, they've got this robust IP with some really, you know, named authors, X, some X forty K authors, uh, you know, an entire team designated to maintaining their IP and maintaining their their lore. But they they've had the same game. It's only been a part of the same game for ten years right they've only recently started branching out into other games that they themselves made they didn't even sell their ip to other developers um and then you've got you know like like the the disney approach where you have like just ever lego just have it have all of our marvel characters you know everyone like just make all these mainstream games that grandma's will buy for their you know teenage sons who will just shelve them for the rest of the games lives um it's just i don't know it's just interesting i, I know that's i went off into the weeds a little bit there but um, IPA management is uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was for a long time um, just sort of a unmined resource for GW, and again, it has been a real change in their in their overall strategy because ultimately, IP is is the only thing that separates you know uh, one entertainment company from another, and Games Workshop mm-hmm. sits on
3: just this mountain
1: of of you know these fully fleshed out and wildly creative uh you know science fiction universes that are very palatable you know for 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 people to to get into like you just see the fervor that, that you know like a lot, a lot of people who you know, listen to this podcast the fact that there's four guys on this podcast you know like people really get into it because it's just such a, it's just such a wide open place and so um yeah i i can see them over time evolving more and more and more away from necessarily one core product, um, especially once that sort of coterie of people uh, ages out and into just, you know, mining, you know, the stories and the stuff that they've created for various, you know, content and licenses and all that kind of stuff. Because ultimately that'll make them a ton more dough if they can get it into the popular consciousness.
3: This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink.
0: So I, I want to move on to another question uh, that I had for the three of you, and that's, if you could see a 40K game or birth of 40K video game tomorrow, what would you want, both personally and also what do you think would would be best? What, what do you think they should move the IP, the direction, you know, the video game IP in?
3: Oh, if I wanted a game and it could have anyone, it would be Space Marine 2. Oh, yeah. I think
2: um, something akin to what um um uh, Starcraft did with between Starcraft and Starcraft 2 which didn't really change the game it just revamped the game I think doing something like that with like the Dawn of War instead of like trying to do something different just keeping it pretty much the exact same except just revamping it
0: yeah I think um sorry Val I know I know you've got your thoughts on this but real quick. I think mm-hmm. a Dawn of War remastered, like what they did with Brood War, I think that'd be perfect.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, well, I mean one of the cool things about, you know, Dawn of War and actually all of these games, Total War and, and um and the like, is that they're supported by this crazy awesome modding community. So like Dawn of War is fifteen years old? How where is it on this list? Oh, super like 2002. old, like yes. uh, two thousand and two. Yeah,
2: two thousand came out in two thousand and four. So sixteen okay. years. There you go, oh, and it's, it, and it still
1: lives. Like it's reskinned. It's been expanded. Like uh, a couple of my friends downloaded Dawn of War two and the, all the expansions, and someone's built like all of the you know super heavies and stuff for it. So you can play full on apocalypse games with all of the titans and stuff. And that's all just third party content that people have skinned and and figured out how to how to put in the game. So they live for forever to answer your original question um just because i would love to have a total war 40k i have no idea how they would do it i don't know what it would look like um (laughs) but it would be if they could if they could get the like the the sort of god tier license where they can just build whatever world they want um creative assembly would knock that out of the park it would be incredible
0: yeah i mean that'd be really cool uh i think um I think the best thing for the health of, of the game and, and getting it to getting more eyes in front of it, I'd love to see like a first person shooter. Um, something in the. I know it's it's Vogue right now, but it's just, you know, the, these like middle school boys need need something to play other than Fortnite. But I'd like like an Astro Militarum or Guard themed like uh, arena game, like um, what you have in like PUBG and Fortnite and stuff. Um, or Valorant, which is the new game that Riot just put out. Uh, and, you know, you could just have guardsmen. Um, It makes it very, you know, easily to scale down. You don't have to... Space Marine, I think, was a little clunky for me. um, Just because Space Marines are, like, these big, clunky, larger than life behemoths. Whereas a Guardsman could very much be, you know, put down into, like, a a human. Something you can see and see yourself playing with. Um, But also you can scale up too, right? Like, you could have, like, the normal multiplayer arena, survival arena style. uh, And then you can also have, like, raids like what um what's the game with the underground people super gears of war uh you could have something like a gears of war raid survival type thing where you're just fighting endless hordes and waves of enemies and uh you could that uh, scale that up to fighting actual chaos space marines or maybe space marines um but just something like that some sort of cool gritty first person shooter uh that that's just super simplistic you know maybe maybe doesn't even have a story mode I think that would be really cool. Also, I really just want to like Laz cannon like a like a traitor in the face. Yeah, pretty awesome.
1: Or even I and maybe Mechanicus is sort of this niche, but I think it's um, uh, it's more of an XCOM style game, I think, from what I've read about it. But a um, just a game that's just like a deep sort of Skyrim style RPG or or even oh. Fallout style like that would be. Super fun and amazing. Just something that you can sort of go inhabit the world and like wander around. And I know I don't know if it ever got off the ground. Like I don't know video games very well, but I know like some massive, um, massive online multiplayer games. I whatever. Um, what Brandon liked um, I have tried. I someone did license Forty um, K and and didn't get it off the ground. I know Star Wars had one for a little while. And you got games like Destiny now, which. Or yeah. similar, but like just something like that. You yeah. just sort of be in
3: the Warhammer world. Warhammer Fantasy had something like that. I forget the name of the game. There was a yeah. Warhammer Fantasy MMO. Well,
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, I agree with you too, Val. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. the The intro for that was also really good. It was like a inquisit uh, old priest, Sigmar priest, getting surrounded by a bunch of Chaos warriors. Yeah, make sure it, you look was, that up. That was it Warhammer was called, Online. Yeah,
1: it's called Warhammer Online.
3: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the creative uh, yeah, released in two thousand and
0: eight. Wow, we're we're definitely due for an RPG of some kind. Skyrim's been out for ten years almost, that's and up. they're
3: still modding that game and, to death too. Yeah, and
0: that's still that's still like I, I would I, I haven't looked yet, but I would be willing to bet that it's in the top five highest grossing RPGs uh, right now. Like maybe even number one. Not MMOs, just regular RPGs. Um, you know, so something, some sort of new RPG hitting the market would definitely, definitely, you know, be awesome. Also, Warhammer 40k RPG would be, even a Sigmar RPG. I actually really like, how familiar are you guys with the lore of Sigmar? Age of just Sigmar?
1: It's, Not. Every time I hear it, I find it kind of silly. But that's, that's just me. <laughs> I find most gloss of the lore over. silly.
0: <laughs> gloss over the, the, uh origin story of the world just just make it completely separate from Warhammer Fantasy it's it's own kind of beast but once once you kind of take away the origins and you have you throw these like basically humans in these different realms and each realm has it's own horrors that the humans have to like live through and deal with it's it's very very dark and, and they really don't paint it off to be at surface level it's actually pretty cool um, but yeah, I, I, everything. Recently,
1: good. recently on another show, someone explained. Um, I think it was the 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 Giants faction, like their fluff. And like I joked that every time someone explains lore, even 40k or Sigmar or anything, it just reminds me of like a seven year old breathlessly telling you something about that happened <laughs> at recess, and it's just like, okay. And then what happened? Oh, he ate uh, he ate all the other Giants. Okay. And then what happened? Oh, he pooped them all out. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, so I just said uh, I find it kind of silly.
0: And that I think, created. I think you're a different hearing the world. wrong age of Sigmar lore, Val, because that's definitely none of the lore I've heard. Hey, that's that's the story I want to hear. Anyway,
1: oh man. Um, so maybe I'm just maybe I just lack the uh, the the free imagination to really get into it. But yeah, you, you I love the worlds your they create. Childhood wonder, your childhood uh, wonder
0: for the for the game. That, that's it, Val. Uh, that's totally losing possible. Losing to tau or i guess you are a tau player losing to space marine players on the regular has desensitized you to to all of that
1: you know I, I barely participated in the space marine meta i commented on it a lot but i was full media during that whole stretch so there you go that's
0: true that's true and you did a good job there you go uh, all right <laughs> um so uh let, let's go ahead and uh, move on to tabletop simulator uh, speaking of uh, losing to Space Marine players, now, I, I actually played a mock tabletop simulator game. Um, I've been practicing my tabletop simulator foo. Uh, it's not the best. It's not bad. Um, and I have to say, I don't like playing forward k on tabletop simulator. It's just very tedious. Oh, it's but, way better to play in person. Yeah, oh yeah. But I can totally see the appeal, especially if you are the type of person who wants to play turn one and turn two. And re rack very quickly and and try different strategies. Um, it's very very good for practicing. Uh, so Brandon, why don't you tell us about? Because I think you have Scary and Brandon play the most tabletop simulator.
3: Yeah, I started yeah. a Skari couple definitely. weeks ago.
0: Yeah, Scary was in a tournament and the finals of a tournament. Actually, I don't know how that. Let's start up. with Scary then. Uh, so tabletop simulator
2: is something that I've been using to coach clients that uh mainly like that's mainly what i've been using it for it's a great tool to go over like deployment matchups and a whole bunch of different things now um i did participate in the lord marshall's conference it was just like a four round tournament which was really fun uh playing like a new list concept a couple of things does not replace the real thing not even close The feel of playing an actual game, and in terms of scale and the tactile part of the game, which is rolling dice and really being able to see what a miniature can see, true line of sight, that sort of stuff, you know, definitely doesn't um, doesn't compare. However, I think it's a fantastic tool. I think it's something that every player should at least try. You know, like, pick it up, try it. The hardest part is getting it set up. Once you have, like, a, an army list built and saved, or you just have a, an idea of how it all sort of works, it, it's so much smoother. It's very, very smooth once you get the
0: hang of it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Brent, what's your experience playing Tabletop Simulator?
3: So, first of all, It's extremely difficult to move models compared to moving them with your hands because of collision detection, sometimes not matching what the models look like. So it's fun to have a a rhino snag a wall, even though visually they aren't touching it. Um, But once you get around that, it's actually pretty nice. Um, And you can... Uh, Build army lists really quickly. Uh, There are some YouTube tutorials that I found super helpful. So you can use Battlescribe and then import Battlescribe in a tabletop simulator. And then assign models to all the Battlescribe unit entries. And then it automatically populates your army for you. And you can save it so you just have the models tucked away somewhere every time you want to pick up and start a new game. Which is great. And then um, it's great for wound tracking because you just type instead of using wound counters and it's way harder to lose track of things so there are some advantages and then finally you can play people who are on the other side of the world so that's been pretty great is oh yeah everyone's inside no one's playing tournaments there's some friends of mine who are all over the world and it's like oh yeah let's figure out when our time zones sort of overlap and get a game in so on that note it's way better than not playing 40k at all
2: Correct. Mm. And at the same time, a couple of t- once you do get the hang of some things like moving, one of the biggest tricks of the trade if you want to go play Tabletop Simulator is when you're moving your miniature. So you have your miniature and you're moving it. Hold down the tab key and it will tell you how far you're moving the miniature by inches. It'll actually show up and tell you. So you don't have to like me- pre-measure, move a miniature then like double measure. You can just grab a miniature, hold the tab key, and then move it across the board, and it'll tell you how far it's moved. Yeah, and of course that you can help, help me so much. Click
3: and drag and select, and you can copy and paste units, and you can delete units and paste them again somewhere else. So, um, yeah, the only thing I've seen is if I remove units by deleting them, it breaks the um, battle scribe, so it doesn't keep track of the unit anymore. But whatever, that's there's all these minor tweaks you try and figure out how the software actually works. But again. You're actually able to play sort of 40k games with anyone who has the software. So, if you're going to play a 40k game while shut in and you want to play 40k for real, this is about as close as you can get.
0: You could also flip the table. There's, there's you can.
3: Yeah, favorite you can feature, Pablo?
0: It's absolutely my favorite feature. <laughs> I, I've used it three times so far and each time has been amazing. Can
1: you can you G- control Z that one? Can you like flip the table and then just put it back together exactly yes, as it was? No. Oh yeah, you can. That's yeah. you can
3: there, rewind so. time a little bit.
1: That's sweet. Um yep. I i haven't actually delved into uh TTS much. Um uh, way back um I tried it. I like I tried even just putting things on the table. I was like, eh, screw this um and i haven't yet felt desperate enough to to like get over the learning curve there is an awesome guy who has recently started creating warhammer content um he seems to be a fairly prominent youtuber and just twitch streamer uh, i'm going to i'm going to guess his name is Magikarp carp used fly yeah and- magic
0: carp used used fly yeah
1: There you go. Um, Yeah, wasn't sure where the syllables separated in there, so I took a swing at it. Regardless, uh, he has a great how-to play Warhammer 40K on Tabletop Simulator. He's really entertaining and he tells you all the, talks all the shop about where to find everything and provides you a bunch of good links. So if this is something you want to try, go do it. Tabletop Simulator, also super cheap. And you can use it to play any game. It's a Tabletop Simulator. So any game that that someone's gone out and crafted and made, like I've seen BFG skins for it. Uh, People use it for role-playing. Um, So it's like, it's a super cool tool, Um, especially when like, I I would imagine like things like Kill Team would be excellent in it where you're not like so heavily model focused. Um,
2: I've even played um, Blood Bowl
0: on it. That was fun. Yeah, that'll work. That sounds really fun.
1: Um, Have any of you guys gone full hog and done like VR with like VR hands with Tabletop Simulator? I'm pretty sure there's VR. um, I'm pretty sure it's VR compatible.
3: It seems like it should be. But I don't have VR equipment, so I haven't tried it. And I too do not.
1: That'd be that'd be that'd be, be really like next level Matrix stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, if, if you could walk around the table yeah. and, and VR it while you're while you're playing, yeah, that'd be crazy. But uh, all right, uh, so. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to the patron questions. So uh, near the end of every episode, we like to open the floor to the patrons. Uh, If you'd like to ask us questions that we answer live every episode, you can always sign up for patreon.com slash chapter tactics to help support the podcast and get your questions answered. All right. So the first patron question comes from Mr. Patron Jason, the actual Lord Marshal T.O. Uh, By the way, Scar, did you win that tournament? I no, I did not.
2: I I got slaughtered in the finals. Oh, I think well, you fair. can uh, you can definitely go watch it. By the yeah. way, um, and on their Twitch page,
0: yeah, and Iron Halo org. He's got all his Twitch stuff there. Or you can yeah. go to the Twitch, um, Twitch Iron Halo TV. I forgot. Really fun, and right
2: now the Art of War is putting on a league for all the um, the War Room members. Yep. So I'm in there as well, and. I'm, I'm having my first game this Friday, actually, so that's going to be fun. Hmm.
0: All right. Uh, so anyways, Mr. Patron Jason wants us to list the best and worst 40K-themed video game. Go. Best and worst 40K-themed video game.
3: Um, worst I'm going to say is...
0: Space Marine for the best. I think just most popular, simple simplest, just the best one. Personally, that's my personal. Yeah.
3: Um probably the worst is the one that just simulated chess.
0: <laughs> just the Chess
2: 40k because I don't even know that one other than that it's chess.
3: It's
0: definitely yeah. the worst one. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah I was like, "Oh, what game is this?" and looked into it. It's literally just chess but the pieces are space marines. Ooh. I mean, is it like uh, battle regicide? chess like do they beat That's each what other it's up? called like, regicide. Huh. Do they at least so animate? Like, and... It's not even it, it's just a reskin of chess. If you like chess, great. It but why?
1: <laughs> Obviously, you're not a Battle Chess fan. No one else remember Battle Chess? Micah No?
3: Nope.
2: nope. Okay. I do remember Battle Chess. Thank you,
3: Riven. Thank you. Yes, sir. But yeah, All Space Marine's my favorite 40K game.
0: Uh, I think Dawn of War or Space Marine. I think you can make an argument. Not, not Dawn of War 3. Ooh, actually, worst 40K game, Dawn of War 3.
3: Seriously? I don't know. So- no, no no. It's
0: pretty it's pretty bad.
2: I have I I haven't played it, so I'm going to reserve judgment hmm. on that one.
3: I think
1: maybe maybe uh um you know, what everyone was hoping for versus the reality maybe maybe it was the biggest letdown 40k game. But there's probably a lot of garbage out there that is just yeah. unplayable stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the um what was that game that everyone expected to be awesome and it turned out to be awful the the Space traveling game, travel to different galaxies, horizon, I don't know. Anyways, yes. Anyway, I'm uh, moving on. Mm. So, patron Matt wants to know um uh he's been burning his battery playing Freeblade, Freeblade. Uh yes, uh Freeblade is awesome. I, I like I like the games like Freeblade where you can customize and and like in Freeblade for instance, if you're unfamiliar with the game, you're an Imperial Knight Freeblade and you basically shoot stuff it's a very simple app game but you can customize your knight with different paint schemes uh and they let you go pretty all out with the paint schemes and each of the paint schemes and paints is also has a gw um, equivalent that you can buy online so you can actually make your knight on the game and then buy all the paints and try to recreate your knight until you realize painting is a lot harder than it looks um but you can but yeah it's it's totally cool I don't know if you, have you guys ever played Freeblade? No.
1: I've heard of, I've heard a lot of people referring to it, like, uh, uh, who really enjoyed it, but I never, I never got into it.
0: It's just a shoot 'em up. Yeah. It's like a rail, it's it's like
1: a rail shooter on your, on your cell phone, right? Yeah.
0: Yes, but you can customize your night. That's the coolest thing. (laughs) <laughs> sure that's it that's yeah anyways uh, patron Tim wants to know what's the most time Pablo or any guest host has put into any video game or a video game and would you do it
3: again
1: mm. oh man Smash played
3: and Flash Blade got... WoW is too high <laughs> <clears throat>
1: Um, my Madden well the Madden got broken up over the years like so like oh, as new as new ones released but that would probably be total the most I spent on anything I assume and total in total
2: time yeah, time spent on a game. Any of the Total War series for me.
0: Mm. See if I got any stats. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I've played so many video games, so probably League of Legends. That's the game I've been playing the longest now. I've Been playing it for almost a decade straight. Um, so probably League of Legends. Yeah, I've
3: easily got over five thousand hours in WoW.
0: Did you just? Did you just check?
3: No, I just used a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> That's Let's fair. see,
1: five That's... years times 12 hours a day equals...
0: <laughs> equals... Lots. Lots, okay. Fair enough. Um, although, I, like Val, also put a ton of time every summer from young adolescents uh, into the Madden franchise mode. Oh, God, yeah, you I know, think that, I think that was probably where I put my most time as a kid.
1: The day I stopped giving a shit about Madden was when I went online just to like play, just to, you know, cause I was like, like my P I bought the Wi-Fi or the wired connection for my PS2 or whatever. And I went online and the guy, ga- like every time I had the ball, it was, there was a turnover and every time he had the ball, he scored. And I just was like, well, the magic's gone. I, uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I basically stopped caring about Madden at that moment. I kept buying That's it for fair. another five or six years, but uh, yeah. I like couldn't. That was just I was broken. I was a broken man. But it's funny. Uh, yeah. It's like uh, it's like that. That reminds me a lot of um, like in Forty K. Like you got your like your local. Like I was pretty good against my friends, you know, <laughs> and then and then you know you kind of go out into the wider community and you just get absolutely destroyed. And uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that happens. Yeah. Alright. Next patron from Derek, y'all got to get on Crossout Badlands, but video game if y'all you know what, Derek, I'm sorry, the, the grammar in this one is bad. <laughs> we apparently we got, got to get on crossout badlands. I don't I don't know what that is. Mm. Okay. I, sure. I think I think someone hit the uh the the quarantine life juice a little too hard on that content on that comment. <laughs> um, and that's alcohol, not coffee, by the way. Um, All right, Uh, Josh wants to know if you could pick a 40k character to base a video game around. Who would it be? And um, he specified a non-primark 40k character. Any 40k character. Mine would be an Inquisitor. Personally, an Inquisitor MMO, where you are an Inquisitor, and you can design and customize whatever whatever Inquisitor you want, pick whatever Ordos you want. I think that's
1: literally. I think that is in development or got released. Um, But and I was going to say Eisenhorn, but then I remembered that there was a a somewhat well-reviewed like like beat by beat cop like version of eisenhorn um that was actually released as a game so uh, i believe
0: it
3: yeah for sure a rogue trader oh that's cool
2: i would uh, i play the Decapitator who's um one of the drukarian characters that that has never really been explored too well and always had terrible rules and no character model but i think going around having to hunt specific like, like, kills to build this, like, big shrine of skulls, and then have, like, a whole campaign based around it, I think that'd be cool. that like be a, cool. Or just, like,
1: a Trazen Pokemon game?
0: Yep. You
2: gotta <laughs> collect them all.
0: I mean, you could have a Monster Hunter-themed game where you've got, like, a Xenos Inquisitor or a, you know, Tra- collector. Maybe not himself, but, eh. anyways... There's there's, pl- there's so much. That's what I love about the IP is there's so much flexibility. You could build literally any genre of game in the Warhammer 40k universe. Even an Animal Crossing game. Just Tyranids. It's Animal Crossing, but with Tyranids instead of, you know, cute animals. You could do that too. You just... Anyways. Uh, someone made that joke earlier, and uh, it's clearly dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was the joke again? Can you repeat the whole thing? I was grossed. No, Patron, we're moving on. Patron, <laughs> Patron Nathan wants to know. Uh, he's actually looking to see what people have thought about some of the recent 40k games. Um, he's played Battlefleet Gothic 2 and enjoyed it, Mechanicus, Gladius, or Inquisitor Martyr. Um, uh, somewhere he asked, uh, which system do you think would make the best transition to a video game? So, like, um, which which 40k or which Warhammer game system do you think would make the best transition? Uh, do you think, like, Kill Team-style game, Epic, um, Underworlds? Wh- what do you think?
3: Well, I think that the most successful games so far have been real-time strategy-based or turn-based. Mm, yeah. Um, so probably something like that. But we've seen games like Space Marine really excel at an individual level as well. So I think probably the one that's not the most successful would be if you tried to make, like... Um, A mountain blade style 40k game because the scales just in between it doesn't work as well. So either go big or keep it small.
0: Hmm. All right, and then finally, last patron, patron Aaron wants to know where did Dawn of War three go wrong. Haven't played
2: it, can't say what or what not I would have.
3: There are some great reviews on that, and basically they just threw everything from Dawn of War and War two in the trash and tried to create something new, and it didn't work.
1: And, and I would also say that, and this is only based on reviews and stuff that I watched for this, not firsthand, but I feel like it kind of landed in neither of the two areas that Brandon just defined. So it was neither like Warcraft 3, where, you know, you had that sort of like raiding party feel and it was more hero centric and it was a smaller scale. And it wasn't, you know, Dawn of War 2 or, like or like a Warcraft 2, where it was that larger army based, like um, resource management type game. It just sort of missed the mark, of, like completely. It was it was large scale but small. It was super strange, and also like super um, cartoony, and like there were all these weird power ups, and guys were jumping around, stupid looking.
0: I think I so so I, I agree, Val for sure. Um, I think another issue that that I a lot of people saw was the lack of factions. I think if you're going to make a successful Warhammer 40k game right now, you either stick to one faction and you go wide. So you expand that faction. So like if you pick Astra Militarum, you go the full spectrum of Astro Militarum in this game. If it's a first person shooter, you have all the weapons, you have all the tanks, all the full Astra Militarum. Uh, Or you go the opposite way. You just try to include as many, if not all the factions as possible. Um, Total War Warhammer 2 didn't do so well out of the gate it was good um but it had a limited number of factions and then uh, a big spike that i was talking to one of the developers and when they spiked in total war warhammer 2 was when they added all of the total warhammer 1 factions yeah. and made them portable and they made a campaign um i think it's called the the mighty m em- the mortal empires mortal, mortal empires something like that yeah, Mortal Empires, where you were able to play all of the factions from both games in a in a like a super uh, RTS style campaign. Um, oh, not gra- like the weird Grand campaign Strategy campaign. campaign.
3: Yeah, cl- so if oh, you wanted to me. be the skull collector, you could be. You didn't have to be the rogue trader.
0: Yeah, exactly. So and I think Dawn of War Three didn't do either of that. It didn't expand on the three factions that it that it, it launched with, Orcs, Eldar, Space Marines, or Blood Angels in particular. I didn't really expand on them. It and didn't. Yeah. It didn't give us new factions. Uh, you know, it I, failed so
1: badly. Like- it didn't even have a chance. Like if War, if Warhammer Total War had the like the the opening day that um, that that uh, Dawn of War three had, it, you wouldn't have ha- you wouldn't have gotten the expand. Like uh, for at least half of the factions in both games come from DLC. Or released yes. after the after the fact. So like, if That's that true. that was probably what Dawn of War Three was planning, and they just fell so hard that they just cut losses and got the hell out of there.
0: <laughs> uh yeah. And Val and I know that because we recently um, went full into Total War Warhammer.
1: Boo yeah. Full on. Boo yeah.
0: Deep. All right. Uh, that is it. Are, is there anything the three of you would like to add to this discussion before we sign off?
3: Total War Two is on sale through Thursday on Steam. Oh, they extended it? Yeah. There's a
1: no-look, do it. Yeah, a no look, do it.
3: <laughs> yeah
0: they, they heard that the Branding Grant was was going to pick up their game, and so they decided to capitalize on it and st- extend sales a little further. Uh, also, if you're interested, um, uh, you can hit me up on Facebook if you're a patron. Uh, just Facebook message me if you play any of the games that we mentioned uh, and you want to play with me, uh, whether it's Magic Arena, League of Legends, Total War, Warhammer, whatever. Uh, I'm I'm also, like you guys, I, I am practicing social distancing, although not online, and uh, I would love to play with some of the patrons if you're interested, or if you're a listener and maybe you want to shoot me a message, uh, although I will give priority to patrons who want to play with me, of course. Um,
3: and, and don't then, forget
2: this podcast brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends.
0: Raid Shadow Legends. Your YouTube advertisement down. Da- <laughs> oh, man.
1: What what is what are we what is that?
0: It's an ad, it's a YouTube app game, you know, the the ones that that you get all the time on the YouTube ads. Oh, I know. Like, like, I
1: have YouTube Premium. I haven't seen a YouTube ad in 100 years.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: No. I That's, I ain't playing that, a, homie. <laughs>
2: They they usually just every every gaming or like every YouTube channel has like a paid advertisement yeah. for yeah
0: for Raid Shadow Legends. It's anyway,
2: moving on. <laughs> no, that was good. That was
0: good. Scary. <laughs> You're truly a truly denizen of the of the YouTube. <laughs> uh, all right. So if you want to actually listen to Scary and some Raid Shadow Legends advertisements, Scari- no, not on my
2: channel, not on saying. your
0: channel. But Scary, where
2: can they find you? Uh, So you can head on over to uh, Scadcast on YouTube. I also run a Patreon page, and I'm one of the coaches on the Art of War team. So if you want to uh, learn more 40k stuff while you're in isolation, reach out to us on Art of War, and we'd love to teach you some 40k stuff to get you ready for when we're not isolated.
0: And Val, when everything goes back to normal, where can they find your sultry tones?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, we'll have 40K Stats Center. We'll come back. We're also Pete and I have been kicking around some maybe surprise content as well. So I'll put that out in the universe. So maybe someone asked for it and I actually put it together. Um, and then also I've been appearing all over the place. Uh, I guest hosted an Art of War episode uh, the other day. So uh, I was asking all the dumbest questions. I think I did really well. Um, and Pete and I have been showing up super in the early in the morning for us and uh, joining Rob Simes on the Honest Wargamer podcast on tuesdays so that's uh tuesdays noon bst it's like 7 a.m uh my time eastern standard time pete gets up at 5 a.m and we hang out for an hour and i try my best to never talk about warhammer and it's a lot of fun
0: so you're saying if i stay up i can maybe catch that live
1: uh you could you you might you might catch it
0: consecutive eight hours (laughs) i can do that
1: (laughs) yeah i guess well maybe just go to bed now that's probably a better play or just, just start playing Total War and you won't even realize it and you'll miss the show oh
0: perfect i will just I'll play a, right oh, through the right. show I'll put, I'll put a timer on for two hours after the show <laughs> and then we will see you half halfway through a campaign later alright yeah, right. and then finally <laughs> Brandon where can they find you sir
3: uh, they can still find me at Skull Tactica which is my Facebook group for guard which is supposed to be focused on how to be a better guard player
0: By the way, I expect... How long have you been in that group, Brandon?
3: A couple months now.
0: Okay, I fully expect you guardsmen to be branding rent levels of good at the game when we come out of all of this. That's the goal. Yeah, Yeah, I I expect to see a team name made out of them, uh, top eights everywhere, and only guard, no space brains allowed.
3: There's definitely been some progress, so we're getting there.
0: perfect. And then finally, you can catch me on the Frontline Gaming Network, uh, yeah, where you can catch the Art of War, Signals from the Frontline, and so much more. Don't forget to buy stuff at FrontlineGaming.org because Reese told me to tell you guys and gals. And as always, you're the best listeners in the world and have a good one. Bye.